Welcome to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Right now I'm joined by filmmaker Richard Ridderford. M- good morning to you, Richard. Good morning. How are we today, sir? Cold, I'm in Wellington. But I guess it's colder down there. Yes, just a little bit colder. Where are you usually based, Auckland? Auckland, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit warmer. Just a little bit warmer. Right, um, Before Everest is the name of your new film, um, a film that, of course, um, is you're very close to, uh, not only as a filmmaker, uh, but as, well, I guess in a way, subject, uh, and but the main subject being your father, Earl Ridderford, um, and his relationship with Edmund Hillary. Now, Edmund Hillary, of course, the hero, the icon, a man above reproach, uh, and a man that uh, you can't, well, you're not supposed to say a bad word about. Um, but he sh- did have a few words to say about your father, including um, a line saying that he would never share a rope with him. Um, uh, can you give us a little bit of a back, quick background on your father and his uh, connection and relationship with Ed? Okay, so my father was climber after the Second World War with a group of young, kind of ambitious, bold, intrepid students who went out and explored the Southern Alps and pioneered many routes and first ascents. And my father got the kind of crazy idea that he might try and go to Everest, which he sort of set in train, wasn't able to get to Everest due to the fact that um, British had permission to go there that year. And the port was just opening up and it, you know people weren't really going there so they ended up going to the um, Indian Himalayas as friends dropped out and the ringin' was Ed Hillary mm-hmm. so at the last minute Ed Hillary and George Loach joined their trip and they set off in 1951 to go and climb a mountain called Mukapabat in the Indian Himalayas which um, my father and Ed Cotter were successful but um Hillary and George Lowe turned back on that trip, but the fact that my father and George Lowe got them an invitation to join a trip to to join with the British, who happened to be there at the same time doing this reconnaissance of Everest, and that was really how Hillary got to Everest in the first place. Yeah, that's right, and that, that, um, that early... Uh, exhibition just just to check it all out um, and so you know obviously they didn't really know each other before that, that trip uh, but n- no doubt they got to know each other uh, along the way um, but for, what does it mean to say never share a rope with someone like how much of an of, wow, you know an insult is that in the climbing world well you know I'm not a climber and I never went down so you know I personally <laughs> don't have that inside information but from what I gather you know I mean that's a kind of uh, a very damning remark because it's suggesting that in no way would you trust that person yeah and it's about one of the worst things I could imagine you could say is that basically you don't trust the person that you're climbing with which was slightly odd because my father had organized this whole expedition and got them there and Hillary had never really said anything like this and all the years, you know, leading till very late in his life when that last autobiography was written. Yeah. So it came a little bit out of nowhere. You know, my father and Hillary weren't close friends, but they certainly had kept on touch, kept in touch on a fairly distant basis. But he, Hillary, had bought Tenzing to come, come and see my parents when he came out to New Zealand. You know, they were they were cordial. Yeah. So we were kind. Of, my sister was very shocked, but of course, this is a gift to a documentary maker when someone, when the man on the five dollar note. Um, says these things about your father. It's like, okay, game on. <laughs> but, 
I wasn't, you know, as I've said, I, I had my own difficulties with my father, so it made it kind of interesting. I was a little bit in Hillary's camp, so it was, I had to be sort of bullied a bit by my sister into doing this to begin with, who yeah. really pushed to find out what lay, if anything, behind these remarks that Hillary had made. But it was a, a fantastic journey for our family, and it was a kind of gift from Hillary to us, you know, yeah. who would have thought that. Well, that's the thing. There's kind of three stories to this one thing. There's the what what Hillary said about your father and getting to the bottom of that. There's the um, you know your your sister's drive and and you you being reluctant uh, as well. That's another part of it. And then there's also your journey um, and your story about your relationship with your father. Um, so there's three facets. So it makes it really amazing. And of course, you know, um, you, you and your sister, a big part of it. She she's the driving force to search to find out why Hillary said this. Um, you know, so how, how was it? You know, having, you know, not just your father but your sister being such a big role in this this film, this big family thing. So families, you know, uh, interesting things. And of course, uh, yours is. Um, just the same as any others, there's conflicts, there's, um, you know, there's love, there's everything else in there. So how was it making um, this film about your father, not, and not just him, but your sister as well? Well, you know, no, the interesting thing about families is, you, you know, you never see it the same way. Mm-hmm. You kind of experience your parents very differently. And this was, you know, a case in point where um, I personally hadn't got on with my father, and I didn't want to be out there kind of doing some sort of hagiography about him. It just felt so hypocritical. Mm-hmm. But on the same hand, time, I could recognize that this was such a good story to explore because of all those reasons that you've just talked about. Um, but my sister was much more interested in just, rather than exploring the narrative, the narrative, you know what I mean? I was more interested in the nature of the predicament. She was more interested in the predicament. Yeah, yeah, she was indeed. And so she just wanted, which was a good thing, yeah. to, to explore and push beyond the Hillary story, because there were a whole, there's many climbers who did all these extraordinary climbs in that time, and she wanted to um, tell people about those stories and give them some credit, and as well as uh, exploring what Hillary said, but um, I suppose I was just reluctant to kind of be dragged into um, making something about my father that really felt so um, so wrong in terms of what my past relationship with my father had been. But, you know, it makes it fun and interesting, those journeys where you have to kind of front up to yourself as well as mm-hmm. your stories. So that, that kind of made it um, uh, a very interesting journey for me. Well, being a documentary filmmaker is um, about almost about the love of the challenge, right? The challenge to make a film, and this would have yeah. been doubly challenging for you. So, um, um, no wonder you you wanted to make it, um, even if you were kind of reluctant. You kind of had to make it, and so how, how was ta- tasking yourself with that challenge, taking it on for you personally? Well, it was just. I mean, I think. As I say, we were so lucky because, you know, if Hillary had said nothing, the photographs would have stayed in the cupboard. We would have carried on watching Netflix, so as to speak, you know. And that is a great thing. when Someone, you know, throws something up like that in your life that really stops you in tracks and you have to think, okay, you know, Mm. we have to confront this. We have to know something about this. And then that journey, which kind of galvanized our family and gave us this, 
this this story to explore, and you know, we we um, we did it off and on over twenty years. You know, yes. not much of that time, but it just became this occasional kind of event in our lives where something would happen, and that would mean we would either go to the mountains and go to the Indian Himalayas ourselves and explore that. Or then a woman, Lynn McKinnon, wrote a book about the whole thing, just unprovoked by us. She just did it. And all these things just kept happening, which sort of made us, well, me think, well, well we, we've got to carry on with this. We've got to finish it. And in the end, you know, taking our children and our families there and kind of seeing what an extraordinary thing that my father had done, which was basically pave the way for us got Hillary to Everest, which if he hadn't mm. done, it's very unlikely Hillary would have climbed Everest. I yes. mean, I don't think my father ever was going to, but he certainly was the person he had the wherewithal and the planning and the kind of determination just to make it happen, which was pretty extraordinary in 1951. So, it was, um, personally, it was a great experience. Um, yeah, because, you know, you, you, like you say, you're not really close, you weren't really close to your father, um, you weren't a mountaineer, you weren't interested, you weren't into it, so going to these places like the Indian Himalayas and uh, and spending time in the Southern Alps, did it help lead you to understand your father's obsession with it? Well, yes, it was, you know, I actually always did like the South Island. He he was obsessed with the South Island. And he, he was, you know, I'm not sure quite why, but he just had this affinity for the wildness of it. And for years, he was trying to move the family to um, a station in the heart. Oh, yes. You know, <laughs> well, you can't get more remote than that. Yeah, and he was, you know, I mean, mother was, my mother was a cast, but these, this, this farm, they, they didn't want to sell it, but he, he, he just kept banging on at them for four <laughs> or five years, saying, you're going to sell it, and they always refused. But, and in the end, we lived in another very wild, remote farm, or not, from, out from Wellington, in this um, big station that was really not a great farm but it was just an extraordinary landscape anyway the point being he just had a thing about um the wilderness and the south island and actually in the south island he loved the landsborough which is this remote river valley that goes down beside the southern alps so he 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 just connected with it and that was um a gift to us again because you know we did grow up um with that in our our heads yeah yeah um, and I mean, you would have been to some wonderful places that you know majority of New Zealanders now in the urbanness that we live in, have, you know, still only see on television. Yeah, well, um, I challenge a lot of people to get to the Landsborough. I haven't been there, but it's a wonderful, wild area that runs down behind the Southern Alps. That you know, they would go off and spend these two-week trips. You know, when they were students, and you know, imagine carrying all that food. They took, I think, they took a gun and shot the occasional deer, but they nearly starved and they got lost and nearly drowned in the river. And mm-hmm. they had the most extraordinary of times in the back of the Southern Alps and climbing up the peaks as they went. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's great because you challenge yourself with filmmaking, and that was the challenge that your father set for himself with, with his mountaineering. You know, I mean, you just mentioned that you know, nearly drowning and stuff like that. So, it seems that you know, um, you you're both really driven and passionate people. And, and while you didn't, um, you know, you never got on with your father, you've got the same kind of drive. Yeah, we've, we've got that road gene, which yeah. is to sort of go be a bit um, inappropriate and. <laughs> Ask questions and go <laughs> slightly further than you should. Yeah, which is kind of 
very good for mountaineers and also quite useful for documentary making. <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> so it's played out very differently in um, both of our lives, but um, it's it's interesting when you think about it, yes, you, you know, your DNA has such a profound effect on you in ways that you may not have realized, but mm-hmm. certainly I've got that um, that same sense of, of determination and mm-hmm. it's something you have to be watching your life because it kind of, you can be you can just push it too far. Yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Um, the documentaries—it's very raw, um, you know, um, visually. Uh, it, it, so, I mean, it really leads itself to to those scenes of of, of the bush and, and to the story as well, which I'm sure was quite raw um, for your family, especially your sister. Um, but you know, and there are a lot of interesting characters in the film, um, and a lot of them were really reluctant to talk to you about your father and Ed. You know, no one wants to criticise Edmund Hillary um, in, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, not in this country, at least. Um, so, I mean, how but, did you get them to open up? Yeah, oh. yeah, that was a really interesting aspect of the story. And um, my father's old climbing buddies naturally didn't want to be seen to be sort of being critical about Hillary. I mean, not, and they, and, um, you know, his, Hillary's achievement, you know, is unquestionably, you know, one of the great achievements. So no one wants to be, um, making negative remarks about that. But, you know, there were issues about all the other people that hadn't really been credited by, by Hillary at all in terms of helping. And, and, you know, that's, that's, but, but on the other hand, no one wanted to be saying that. So, that was an interesting part of the story of working out how you actually even go about um, talking about it. Um, someone as large in our lives as Edmund Hillary is, you know, the man on the $5 note. So that was a fascinating thing about this story. And also it was interesting talking to Tom Scott, who had, we interviewed him in the documentary, and he'd written, or he'd written a film script and, he, and a TV drama, mm-hmm. several documentary series. So he was kind of in the business of re retelling and recrafting um, Hillary's story and, and to a large extent he ghost wrote his aut- last autobiography so he was another figure you know in a way that history changes subtly as the, um, as the biographers get hold of it and that was another thing I found really fascinating about the story about the way Hillary's story was being retold mm-hmm. um, by the next generation and um, yeah that, that, that kind of was another layer that was great to explore I think it's really important for people growing up, especially young children, um, well, maybe not for young children, but when you look at your heroes to know that they are just human. And I yeah, think yeah. I think this documentary really leads to that because, you know, a lot of the, uh, even some of Tom's work and, and, and other people that have done work on Ed, you know, the, the they still show him as this icon and, and this determined, determined person that gets the job done and knock the bastard off um, but you know underneath it all he was felt as fallible as anybody else yeah I think that's true I mean Tom Scott and he was you know he, he did his great favour in, in the documentary but he he does cast Hillary in this rather um, wonderful glow do you know what I mean oh, oh, yeah. and, he, and, and so it was interesting to go beyond that and I mean, I even thought that Tom's gotten written those lines about my father just <laughs> to make it a better story. Oh, you know God. What I mean? Yeah. Um, but I don't think 
did actually. I mean, I did ask him that, but it kind of appealed to my sense of irony. I think I said in the documentary that he'd said that, that he might have said it. It would have been kind of a fascinating, you know. Actually, it wasn't Hillary that said this. It was Tom Scott who was trying to make the story better. But he didn't say it. Um, but uh, but that was very much a part of the story of, of assessing, you know, how what follows and how that changes. But also, yes, not trying to make Hillary into just this um, completely flat, heroic figure that um, you can only talk about in those terms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did you like? I know that it's it's screening online now because you know of the of the way things have handled. But did you ever want it when it was released uh, in cinema? that it would just cost $5 to get in, but only with a note? <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea that I should be able to just turn up at the cinema with $5, shouldn't I? Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> that would be such a good promotion. Thank you. <laughs> well, if you get the chance, go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, credit me like in the it. book or whatever in the end. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, like I said before, the you know the the footage and the mountains and everything else. And like, I mean, your sister was such an amazing character, and I loved her. Um, but you know, the photos are incredible as well. And of course, the one that stood out to me the most, and you kind of focused on a little bit with the look on your father's face, is, is that picture of Ed, Ed, and George and Earl on the ship setting off, you know, three smiles um, from Ed, Ed and George, and then your father with with this look of, you know, maybe worry, um, you know, because he was the logistics guy, so, you know, he had... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he was the planner, he was the one who really had to organise. I mean, you can appreciate, I mean, now it's hard enough to get a trip to the Himalayas going, you can imagine what it was in 1950. From New Zealand from New Zealand when this hadn't been done from New Zealand and the whole geopolitics had changed you know China invaded Tibet we couldn't go there Everest had always been climbed from Tibet and the pool was, had been closed with just opening India was just as it is now was very nervous about what was going to happen with China so just that alone you know, the opening shot and then to have to plan get the money they were poor students yeah. Um, they didn't. They had very few resources, except they had extraordinary resourcefulness mm. and resilience. And my father was, you know, he had that in spades. And then, uh, then he managed to get them through the 1951 waterfront strike, which Hillary was, you know, wanted to just cancel the trip at that point. But my father was hung in there and just got them out of the country. Yeah, yeah. So you know, perhaps that's why he picture off the boat. He's looking. Um, like he's got a lot in his mind. Yes, yeah, it's a really telling photo, and um, it's perfect for the film. Um, it's um, well, I really enjoyed this, Richard. I really did. Um, you know, and as I said in, during the interview, it's it's really important to um, sometimes see the other side of, of the hero. I um, really enjoyed uh, learning about you and your family. Um, watching your sister really j- driven she was like I said before she was absolutely fantastic in the film uh, and, and your father as well and, and le- you know learning that um, you know especially back then these things don't just um, don't just happen there's a lot of luck there's a lot of chance uh, and if it wasn't for your father Ed would never have knocked the bastard off so um, thank you so much for um, sharing that story uh, and letting us see it okay 
Yeah, have yourself a wonderful day. Um, Thank you very much. And of course, the film um, before Everest is showing at the New Zealand International Film Festival, which is now online. So go to the INZ, uh, NZIFF. Can I just make a quick? A, a woman wrote a book about it too. Only two friends, Everest, Linda Kinnan. That's worth exploring if you want to take this any further. Oh, all right. That sounds great. Thank you for that. Well, have a wonderful day, Richard. Thanks very much. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll talk again. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. Right, before Everest showing at the New Zealand International Film Festival, go to NZIFF for all details on how you can view that. Uh, That was Richard Ridderford. Thanks for listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.